Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast, an Iowa rugby podcast. My name is Mr. Gray, and I am in the Wombat Den studio going solo, presented by Rotor Epoxy. Rotor Epoxy is the premier epoxy coating company in Iowa. You want to get those floors done. You want them to look nice. You want that nice coating to give it that shine. Uh, It's a beautiful look, can complete any garage any basement, uh, tool shed, warehouse, whatever it is you need done, these guys can come in, they can get it done well, they can do it quickly, and it just it looks good. Uh, we'll make that room a brand new space, make it something you want to show off, also make it something that's easy to clean. These guys are great people, uh, they have a great business, and they do great work. So we stand by them, and we love them. So give them a call, check them out on social media, check them out. That's Rotor Epoxy. You will not be disappointed. And like I said, I am by myself this week. Our intention this week uh, was to focus on the University of Northern Iowa men's and women's collegiate programs. Phil and I will talk about that more on Friday's episode. Let's just say we went up to Cedar Falls with the laptop and the microphone with the intention of recording. And... uh, We just didn't get to it because if you've ever been to an alumni weekend, you probably know um, we had some fun. We had a couple headaches. We'll get into that later. I I don't want to I don't want to tell the story without Phil because we got to piece our memories together. So Phil had to work late. We are filming our episodes on two different days because, again, we were supposed to do this on the weekend and it did not get done. And then Javi, he's on his, I think, fourth vacation since we've started the show. So he's down in Texas. He'll be back next week. Maybe he'll be here for Friday's episode. We're we're still waiting to hear from him, but he might be working. Who knows? But Javi and Phil, they'll be back soon. First thing I want to talk about, I, I thought those guys did a fantastic job last week. Great listening to JJ, Jeremiah Johnson. Great listening to Jake Mizell. Not meh, Phil. Mysdell. Oh my gosh. Uh, Phil, dang it. You're doing so good. And then you said his name wrong like eight times. That's all right. We're having fun. Now, good interviews. I thought they did a great job. Loved listening to it. I really want to get on uh, another interview with both those guys because as I'm listening to it back while I'm doing some chores around the house, uh, there's just so many questions. I feel like JJ, he's just a, a wealth of knowledge and he's worked at very high levels with some very diverse groups of people. I think he'd be a resource for any club, high school, men's, women's, collegiate, senior, anywhere uh, to grow. He's he's seen what works. He sees what hasn't worked. And I feel like he's got tons of great ideas. And Phil was hitting on that as he's trying to get into the coaching game himself. And I'd love to have that conversation about, you know, the relationship between a high school boys program and a men's program. So definitely, JJ, got to get you back on for that conversation. And then Jake Mizell, you know, coaching at a high level, always interesting to learn uh, from different people. So definitely some good stuff out of Phil there. Phil, I'm proud of you. I will no longer call you no prep Phil because you did those all on your own. And and I'm just, you know, I got a little tear in my eye. My little boy's growing up. He's 30. But 
Moving on. USA Rugby lost to Chile a couple weeks ago. It was a huge upset. It was in the United States. So the United States, they won the first match by one point down in Chile. Chile. But then they lose the next one by two points. And because of the aggregate, they add those scores together. USA loses by one single point. So Chile, they qualify for the Rugby World Cup. The United States has one last chance to qualify. If they are not able to win in November, they're out. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. Because I thought the interesting thing with the loss to Chile is the conversation online. Lots of people on social media, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Reddit, message boards, the main thing I keep seeing is conversation around the culture and the standard in which our boys played. And it's interesting, too, because at what point are we, as fans and players, able to take a look at some of the penalties, some of the talking back to the referee, and at what point is it intense and fighting for your team or just being arrogant and disrespectful to the referee and to the game? We see all the time in the NBA and the NFL, other college sports as well, we see players talking back to the referee. We see players in the MLB shouting at the umpire. And I think that's something we pride ourselves, especially in grassroots rugby. You know, oh, there's such a respect. I always see people on social media sharing that meme of, you know, here's a soccer player screaming at a referee. And then the picture below it is like a six foot eight lock looking down at Nigel Owens, who's a, who's a referee who is much smaller. And he's speaking to him with, respect and saying please and thank you even though he's getting penalized but even though we're proud of that picture of oh look at us we give these referees respect rugby does have an issue of abuse towards referees and we lost that match I mean there's a lot of things that added to it but one of the things a lot of people pointed out was in that gut check time there was a very costly penalty very late in the game and the USA lost the lead right after that penalty. You know, keep your composure, leave the referee alone. Does USA walk out with the win? And then they don't have to worry about the last chance in November. So a lot of things there, you know, rugby culture. Is it, are we getting crossover athletes who have this entitlement that they can yell at the referee or are we not policing it or enforcing consequences at the lower levels as these guys are coming up and JJ I thought that was really interesting to get his take on it he mentioned it a little bit you know that's tough for a young referee uh, to you know they know these players but just there was a lot of videos and clips shared I mean there was one player from the U.S. who threw a shoe you know there's just a lot of things that you know we pride ourselves in rugby of respect and it's a hooligans game played by gentlemen but we know it's not 100% true There's a lot of things that go on in a match that are a little embarrassing sometimes. So how do we fix that? And the second point of the loss that a lot of people are looking at is the head coach, Gary Gold. His comments after losing a few months back 
Oh, I'm blanking on who they lost to, but they lost a match a few months back. And he just said a lot of cliche, like, oh, it's it was unlucky, and the boys worked hard, and they, they got a lot of learning lessons. They learned a lot. And in the moment, it's like, okay, cool. They learned a lot. Okay, we're going to get better. Um, you know, it happens. But then after the loss to Chile, he had these very vague blanket statements again, like, I was gutted. It was brutal. Oh, the boys worked so hard. It just didn't go our way. At a certain point, you know, rugby is a sport where stuff like that happens. But you're the head coach. you got to say something that people can buy into. And if you say, okay, we we had a big loss. We can learn from it. We're going to get better. Well, we should see that in this match. Where's the step moving forward? It reminds me, being a Chicago Bears fan, of Matt Nagy. This guy, Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears, would walk up to the podium after a big loss, super embarrassing, all my friends on social media being like, ha ha, Gray, you're a Bears fan, they suck. I know. But the problem was, Nagy would go to the podium and go, yep, we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and find the why. We, we need to really take a step back and, and find the why. What's not working? It's like, dude, that's your job. That's what you get paid for. Don't have these philosophical open-ended questions that are rhetorical. You need to answer them so we can win. And I feel like the way that the USA Rugby head coach spoke to the media afterwards was directly ripped off from Matt Nagy. It felt very similar of, you know, just saying things to say them. Don't want to call anybody out don't want to pinpoint anything exactly at a certain point, you got to say, this is what's going to change. This is what you're going to see. And that needs to get done because the final rugby world cup qualification tournament is set for Dubai. So November 6th through the 18th in the seven stadium in Dubai, Hong Kong, Kenya, Portugal, and the USA will be playing for one final spot. So Sunday, November 6th, Saturday, November 12th, and Friday, November 18th, all four teams will play each other once. And then once they have whichever team has the most wins or has the most point differential uh, or collected points, that team will move on. So the USA has three matches, Hong Kong, Kenya, Portugal. And the thing is, The way we played that last match, these are going to be tough matches. We need to win all three to make it. Can it get done? So Hong Kong was the Asia Pacific number two. Kenya was Africa number two. Portugal was the Europe number three. And USA was the Americas number three. And so whoever wins this final tournament will be the 20th member of the Rugby World Cup in 2023 in France. And the thing is, the USA, they have to get in here. I mean, if we want to, we always talk about, hey, the World Cup's coming in 10 years. If we can't make it this year, you know, how are we going to build interest? Hey, guys, the World Cup's coming. Uh, We didn't make it this year, but but give me 10 years and we're going to make it. How are people supposed to get behind that? How are we supposed to bring in new fans when the product isn't there? And I don't know what it's going to take, but I just would like to see some more 
you know, leadership and more decisive leadership from the coach. And and maybe behind closed doors, he does have a plan. It's just when he talks to the media, it's it's more cliche because you don't want to give away all the secrets, but I'd love to see more. And I'd love to hear more. Just because I heard so much from Matt Nagy, it just some of the things he said just felt very similar. And being a Bears fan, it just it made me irate. So November, gonna be watching that very close. Uh, those are going to be three tough matches. We don't know which day they're playing which teams yet. They just announced when and where, and then the four teams that are going to be a part of it. But yeah, this is winner take all. So yeah, people people are nervous. People are kind of worried. But hey, you know what? Speaking of head coaches and leadership and getting a direct answer, today... I do have an interview with the head coach of the University of Northern Iowa, Megan Flanagan. I didn't talk to her when I was in Cedar Falls, but she was nice enough to join us. They just released their schedule for this fall season, and she gives us insight on the schedule and some things that we need to watch out for. So let's go ahead and throw it over to Megan. And we are to the interview portion of the show today. And today we have the head coach of the University of Northern Iowa, Megan Flanagan. Flan, how we doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Uh, I woke up this morning and saw that your conference finally released the fall schedule. Uh, thank you for joining us on short notice to run down what things are going to be looking like this fall. How excited were you to get the release of the schedule out there? Oh, that, it all finally came out to that's, the public today. That's like the worst when like you have it and you're like, oh, I can't wait. And then it's like they tell you like, well, actually, yeah, you, you need to wait a while because we want to release it all together. And you're just like, how do I just yep. sit on this? <laughs> I know. I was like, come on. But that also makes sense because did you design the, the schedule on social media, like the post? I did, yep. I was going to say, you must have had, known in advance, because I'm looking at this, and I'm just like, you didn't just throw this together in the first 20 minutes this morning. <laughs> like, that's a, it's a really well oh, done I, graphic. Yep. <laughs> Definitely new. Perks of being a commissioner and having an awesome conference that just works together, so we get things done in a timely manner, but... Definitely. The dropping of it publicly, I was like, come on, you guys. We can, <laughs> we can do this a little sooner. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, the conference that your girls play in it's definitely a strong and historic conference and the thing I love too it it has some traditional names that people recognize for other sports which I think is great for rugby you start Mm -hmm. off with uh you do have on September 17th it's called the Super Saturday Tournament in Minneapolis so before we dive into the actual conference tournament or conference schedule what is this Super Saturday Tournament on September 17th? Yeah, so last year, um, we kind of introduced it. We, we talked as a conference and came up with the idea of, hey, why don't we, like, before the season starts, let's just do kind of like a preseason scrimmage, per se, where we all come together and just play some small-sided, uh, like, small-sided games, like 20-minute halves, um, and we all play each other. So we kind of get the new kid that just joined can get their feet wet, um, kind of can just, 
play people around in different positions, just see different things before we hit the ground running with games that matter in, in the regular season. So um, it went off without a hitch last year. We had so much fun all being in one place, and we're like, this is going to be an annual annual thing. So felt the Super Saturday event, and I think we're just going to continue to just travel each, each year. Someone new will host it from our conference. So... Nice. Yeah, it's exciting. It's really cool. It's a really fun weekend. Yeah, that's really cool. And no pressure because it is, like you said, preseason. None of these matches count towards your, your conference record. And, and that, that's cool to have that preseason because not many teams get that where week one is mm-hmm. a, a huge matchup for most teams because they just jump right into their conference schedule because a lot of the conferences, they it's not like they're trying to work against each other, but it just happens where it's like, Everybody has different start dates, so it's almost impossible to schedule, like in football or basketball, you think of those preseason non-conference games. Rugby, that's almost impossible to do in the fall because we go straight from summer into league play for the fall, and then there's a foot of snow on the ground, and nationals and playoffs are being played down south. So there's not much room for those tune-up games or just to kind of see you know who made that jump in the off season so that's an awesome one and then it looks like you guys have two weeks off and then the heart yeah. of your schedule starts you start at wisconsin on october 1st then mm-hmm. iowa state comes to you guys october 8th and then yep. you are at winona state on october 15th and then you are at queens on october 22nd and then you're home yep. against Minnesota on the 29th. So five straight weeks there. And what stands out to me, Queens, they're they're not in your conference, right? Correct. Nope, they're not. So that is they, a little non-conference matchup for you guys. You played against them last year, too. It's a, Is that like a new rivalry yeah, yeah. or just kind of like a friendly kind of matchup you guys have there? Definitely just like a friendly matchup. I, Katie Worsh, their head coach, I know her really well just throughout my career. Um, and last year we did it, you know, she invited us down for family weekend and I said, yes, just knowing they're, they're in Naira. So they're, they're one of those top notch teams, mm-hmm. you know, over on the East coast and, um, play varsity other, all the, all the other varsity programs. So last year going into it, I was like, we need a good competition before postseason, just mm-hmm. something that's going to test us more than we're going to get tested in regular season just to prepare us a little better and make mm-hmm. us better. Um, and it was so much fun. We went down there, and so we decided to go again. And one of my current, our uh, former players, Lynn Pryor, actually took an assistant coaching job down there this year. So we're going to see her, so that'll be fun. And, yeah, oh, nice. it's like – last year will bring some good competition for us again and and it will test our limits and and continue to hopefully make us better nice that's really cool that you guys go out and do that where you know most teams they like i said it's hard to schedule those non-conference matchups or friendlies or just something and then Mm -hmm. to go out and find someone who does compete at a higher level or has that varsity look and especially traveling halfway across the country to do it you know that's asking a lot of the program and the girls and it sounds like, you know, they step up to it and they also can see that, Hey, this is going to make us better. This is going to prepare us for when we play life in the national tournament. You know, you, your girls probably were 
less intimidated by life because they're like, okay, we played a program that plays at that level already. We know what to expect. We know it's going to be tough, but we're not shell-shocked. We're not surprised. Like, we've never seen this before. And, yeah, no offense to those other programs. uh, There's some great historically strong programs in the conference, but definitely Mm -hmm. I feel like the way that you are helping build you and I right now, the women's program, it's always been very high level, but you're bringing in a lot of talent that, could be playing on a varsity program. It's almost as if you and I is not technically a varsity program, but you want it to obviously compete at that level. And what better way than to challenge against those teams? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like we, we we did really well versus Queens last year. The score doesn't reflect it, but it was just one of those, Hey, listen, every single player on the Queens team has been playing rugby for 10 years Mm because some of them started in middle school and through high school so um that definitely boosted our confidence and you're right like we want to hold ourselves to that higher standard and our goal is to one day be a varsity program and to be right up in there and 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 beat like life beat Lindenwood like that's our goal so um, we only can do that by playing teams that are in that higher tier and we'll continue to do it and we learn so much and yeah it makes us better so I love it. It's great. And it's good to see my, see my friends down there. So. Yeah, definitely. No, and, and that's a cool experience for girls at UNI who get to go and travel because, you know, when you look at these other teams, Wisconsin, Iowa State, Winona up in Minnesota, and then Minnesota, you know, a lot of local shorter drives to, to make it to those schools. The conference outlook, Iowa State is, uh, you know, a big-time rival. Uh, you know, Kelsey McDowell, the head coach there. Um, how are the other teams looking as well? Like, what is the outlook for the other uh, three or the other four teams in the conference? How do you think they're going to stack up? And um, what are you looking forward to most for these for this schedule? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we were talking to as a conference and really, truly believe that this year, you know, a lot of the programs that weren't able to do a lot during COVID last year was kind of just there back on our feet and get things going again. Um, so this year, a lot of the teams were able to get back on their feet and, and play games, play a whole year, calendar year of games. And so it's going to be a very competitive season. Wisconsin, um, I think they're actually a really, really tough team than they have been in the past just because they've been recruiting throughout the last year. They've gotten better every week. And they also participated um, in New Orleans this past mm-hmm. May at the CRPs. So just that alone, those those players are going to come back and they're all coming back. I don't think they really graduated anyone. Um, So they'll have a very tough program and transitioning into really good athletes and and all the schools do. So Mm -hmm. I really predict this season in our conference games are going to be last year and the competitiveness and just like the speed of play and all that is going to be that much better um, coming into this season. I mean, Iowa state has a lot of returners. You have Cash, who played for the Midwest this summer. They'll be back. Um, they might have Danny Shepard. I'm not sure yet. She played for U23 USA, so they'll have a strong squad. Minnesota's going to have a strong squad, like always. They're just historically good. They have a great coaching staff, and um, they're able to have the Amazons kind of help out there, too. And mm-hmm. Winona, same thing. They had a couple girls, like – do the whole select site stuff so they're coming back to that program and making it stronger so yeah it's gonna be a really fun season I think it's gonna be very 
as my guest. So it's going to make things interesting and cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And yeah, Winona State, they were a, they were a team that was a powerhouse in D2 a few years back, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yep. They, I mean, they won five national titles, something like that. Yeah. Um, notorious for, for producing awesome rugby players. A lot of, a lot of them I was good friends with going through my career and playing with them in Midwest and Azan. So mm. they have a really strong alumni base. Um, and they've been helping COVID killed, killed them, you know, killed a lot of the programs, mm-hmm. but they're back on their feet and they're, they're gaining momentum again. So nice. That's good to see, to see because, you know, when you think of other sports, Winona State, that's a small school. You don't see small mm-hmm. schools in other sports like varsity sports go, Hey, we might be D3 or D2. We compete at a high level, bump us up to the top. We want to be in a harder right. conference. And then, you know, they have less resources. They have a smaller population of students to recruit from on campus, but they still want to go toe to toe. And that's something that's cool about rugby is you can be a small school and move up the ranks based off of your play. And, you know, you're trying to do that with you and I to the varsity level. And, you know, when Ohio State did that, they're a very small school. They want to be at this level. And it's just cool to see with these clubs as well, with all the history and like a lot of coaching staffs that just have a lot of passion it doesn't matter where these teams like fall in the standings. Like you might look at the standings at the end of the year and whoever finishes, let's say in last place, they're still a great team. Like that's, what's crazy about this conference is their records are going to be so misleading because I think when I look at these teams and it's such a small conference, it's small, but mighty. And I think it's going to be really interesting, but definitely I know Phil would agree with this. Our money is probably going to be on you and I because we're biased and (laughs) You, you also bring a lot of talent back, almost everyone. And then you also have girls who have been playing, you know, at the age grade levels for USA, getting a lot of experience that they'll be bringing back. And like the first person I want to talk about, um, Aubrey, Aubrey Barish, she played for, uh, yep. yep, she played for the U23 uh, side for USA. She scored a try in one of those matches. Uh, have you talked to her? Yeah. How's that experience been for her? Because that's been, I don't know, it's been amazing to watch and see her name pop up with the USA Rugby logo right next to it. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's been, I talked to her through the whole week that she was there. She had the best experience, she said. It was super fun. Um, she loved the coaching staff. She loved the players that play with. And fortunate, for her, fortunate enough for her, she was able to play with six other Midwest girls that went with her. Nice. So she knew she knew a few of them going into it, so that was comforting. Um, first game, got in there and scored, brought me to tears. Mm-hmm. I was crying and cheering loudly, so I was super proud of her. I mean, she deserves the recognition that she finally got um, at a national level, and she's a great player. I mean, she's super fast. She's very coachable, just a nice person. So I was so pumped for her, and she's gonna come. I know she's super pumped for the season to start just from having that experience. So it's going to be awesome to share that with her fellow teammates. What a great confidence booster. And it's really cool as a coach when, when you see those people who work hard and may not get the recognition or may not get the opportunities and you're like, you know, they deserve them. And then she finally gets one Mm -hmm. and makes the most of it. That's, that's just gotta be awesome as a coach to see. Oh, it's amazing. Best feeling in the world. And then, you also have players that don't even play for you yet 
that are representing you and I and representing USA. Uh, Susanna Church yeah. from Cedar Falls and Hannah Roth from Norwalk, who played over yeah. in Maryland for the U18 USA team. Have you been in contact with them at all or ask them how their experiences yeah, I, have been? Yep, I have. Um, to both of them throughout that week too. Uh, and a couple weeks prior to when they left, uh, Susie called and she wanted me to help her with some skills. So for like two weeks, some skills, conditioning, Hannah joined us um, a couple of times just to prepare, help prepare, send them out there and, and from what I've heard, um, and they're humble, you know, they're not going to yeah. <laughs> say how well they did or not, but from the coaching staff and all that, they I I heard they did really well, and I don't doubt that they didn't. So they both said they really enjoyed it and had a lot of, um, had a super great time, and so I'm pumped for them for that experience. It's so cool. Like, that's such an amazing experience that they got to have that at such a young age. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's, and it's, it's really cool. I can't fathom having three of them that played on the national <laughs> level this summer coming in. Yeah, the last time we talked to you, we were talking about how, like, wow, how cool is it? You have 11 girls coming in who've held a rugby ball before. And now, I mean, we haven't even started that season yet. And now it's like, wow, you have three girls who played for Team USA at some level who are coming to your program. Two haven't even played for you yet. And they've, like, that's crazy to think, like, you have two girls who played for USA before they played for you and I. <laughs> I know, it's insane. Absolutely and, insane. And do you know where, like, uh, where Aubrey's going to play this fall? Like, what position? Yeah, I mean, I'm, she played wing in Canada, both games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have her in the center, probably mm-hmm. inside center. Um, just she's a hard runner. We have a couple wings coming back. So nice. to have that um, leadership and experience mm-hmm. in the middle there is going to be huge for us because I'll be putting a couple of freshmen around her. So um, she's a hard runner, too. I mean, she's one of those triple threats. Like, she can kick really well. She's super, super fast, and she's very physical, very great tackler and defender. So you can really put her anywhere, honestly, but in the center. Last year at her flank, the years prior to that, she was outside center. So nice. Yeah, so pretty much she's center. just she's a rugby player. Doesn't matter where. She is. Just yep. get the ball in her hand, yep, exactly. and good things are going to happen. And it's really cool with the amount of freshmen that you're bringing in and then also a great mix of those – uh, upperclassmen that are returning, just that leadership that's going to be on the field, the coaching on the field. And I don't know, it's just like a waterfall of like this knowledge that every year you're going to have this this turnover and these new players learning from the current players. And I don't know, it just all feeds into itself. And it seems like the the wheels are in motion where it's going to, uh, you, you put a lot of things in place where things are going to take care of themselves at a high level because there's so many great people and everybody's just learning from everyone. And I think you've, you've built that and put that in place for, you know, these freshmen to come in and learn a lot from these upperclassmen. So that's cool to, to see she's going to be in the center and then have some freshmen around her to learn her play style and maybe model their game after her as well. So congrats again on, on players playing at a higher level and representing you and I, because I know that makes Phil and I very proud, you know, there's that sense of pride with you and I being, you know, uh, an FCS football school or a, a smaller, you know, a smaller school. Yet when we think of rugby, they can go toe to toe with some of the big dogs. So 
Always proud yep. to see that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I know it was cool. On that U23 roster especially, I mean, there's Life and Lindenwood and Penn State and Grand Canyon and then, like, a bunch of WPL players that I played against in the season mm-hmm. the WPL all on the U23 roster. And then you had our seven, like, little Midwest. Super cool to see, too. So the fact that they all did well, just like, ugh. Prove my point that Midwest is best. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Don't <No>. forget us <laughs> over here. <laughs> Love to see it. And and speaking of more people representing you and I and proving that the Midwest is the best, uh, a you and I alum recently in the past week, uh, Kayla Dustin, has accepted a position mm-hmm. to be an assistant coach at Aquinas, a, a university, yep. the varsity program up there. Uh, how did she yeah. get involved with that? And was she helping you coach at UNI for a while, or what? what's her journey been like? So her journey's been a fun one. Love it. So mm-hmm. Kayla Dustin, um, she just graduated this last year in December. Okay. So she's been playing with me the summer of COVID. Um, she, we got her an internship with in- just a random internship for school and I was like hey I know some people so she interned with them they loved her she just kind of helped with like their social media and stuff um but since she did such a good job they kind of kept her on throughout this last season or last year I should say and where she did and helped at tournaments and and helped at all-star weekends and all that stuff and she actually of the Illinois conference last mm. year, all while playing herself as a college player. She's the youngest commissioner in the U.S. It was amazing. Wow. Um, and just, yeah, I know Laura Miller really well, who's coaching Aquinas, and she kind of reached out, asked if I knew anybody. I said, I sure do, Miss Kayla Dustin. So I had and chatted and, and got, got the job, so. It's been, I'm so pumped for her. Oh, well, at the administrative side of things. And someday she'll be running collegiate rugby, I think. So I'm really excited and she deserves it. She'll be, she's going to be awesome. The kids that are going to be up there. So it'll be fun for everyone. Yeah, that's an amazing opportunity. And just to get there so quickly to go from your playing career to being able to admin Mm -hmm. at a higher level than many rugby admins that I've run across. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, know, that's yeah. wild to be that young and that aware of how to, you know, put things together and, and, and get things done at a high level when you're still playing. So that's hats off to her. That's right. going to be awesome to watch and awesome to watch her career in rugby continue to grow and, and continue to make yeah. the game better for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spreading our seeds everywhere. Oh yeah, just more you and I influence all across. You got Queens all the way on the East Coast, then you got up in De- or uh, up at Aquinas, up in Michigan. Like uh, you just yep. spreading it everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Well, is there any other people you want to shout out, or any other things you're looking forward to this fall? Any players we should keep an eye on, or any kind of yeah. stories that we should be aware of? I mean, our freshman class is just going to be huge. I mean, I'm going to be sitting right there with you, just kind of watching it all unfold as it happens. I'm excited for that. You have 
Morgan Link also was invited to U18 USA camp. She couldn't make it for family stuff, but so we could have had um, we could have had three three people at that camp. But yeah, so Morgan's gonna be great on top of Susie and, and Hannah, and you've got like Jade from Southeast Polk and other kids coming in. Um, I really can't wait for that. I'm excited just thinking about it. And then you have you know Aubrey returning. Have Emma Bacon will be back. Uh, she was out all spring with a shoulder injury, but she'll be back as a sophomore doing great things. And um, Sierra Sanderson is back. So we got her again, who did the whole U23 Midwest as well with Aubrey and Todd. And, yeah, Todd, fortunately, will be out. She did her ACL. She's done. Oh, man. Which is a huge bummer. I know. Uh, I'm going to kind of take her under my wing and get her um, – some experience on the coaching level side of things yeah definitely so yeah so i mean it's, it's gonna be great all across the board i'm really pumped yeah i know phil couldn't be here tonight but we we just i don't know we get excited talking about you know the boys team and the women's team it's just there's a lot of exciting things going on up in cedar falls and uh we're just yeah. ha- happy alumni to see it to continue to grow and to grow a brand that we're proud to be a part of and it definitely like is still rooted in and all the things that we did when we played and when you know we were there around the same time so it's just it's cool to see it continue to go because without people like you and Zeus on the boys side um you know the club could easily fall apart you know it's because of people like you guys mm-hmm. who continue to push the pace and look for those opportunities to play against the queens look for those opportunities to invite girls in and there's a reason why, you know, you have this great recruiting class, you know, it's a, it's a place people want to be at. So I don't know. We're just happy to see what you're doing and we appreciate everything. And, and also thanks for joining us tonight and uh, kind of sharing some insight into the fall season. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't thank you enough for your support and like Phil and all you guys and the alumni of your guys' support. It's been awesome. Like it's so cool to to see you guys get excited about the same stuff so so I really appreciate that and I mean I know the team appreciates it too so thank you for for everything you do oh yeah of course no we we love to see it we love to watch it and we're gonna keep keep an eye on it this fall and I'm sure we'll check in again with you probably end of October when you guys are making that push for uh sweet 16 elite eight national championship I like how I love when teams put the national championship date on the schedule because it's like, hey, that's the goal. It's on the schedule because that's when we're playing. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll talk to you when I have my national championship. (laughs) Yeah, and then, yeah, that's – and my wife told me I have way too many rugby T-shirts, so I can't buy another (laughs) UNI women's rugby shirt until it says national champion on it. So that's that's the deal right now because I have to get rid of like three shirts before I can get one more. National Championship 2040, whatever, when Murphy's up in there. (laughs) We can manifest the future for 18 years from now. Oh, for sure. It'll be easy. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you, Megan. I appreciate it, and good luck this fall. Yeah, thanks, Ryan.
Always great stuff from Megan there. Definitely going to have her on. Reoccurring guest, friend of the program. Always cool to see the inside thoughts of a coach. Really cool that she is willing to share you know, her thoughts on the upcoming schedule. And then also just that relationship between her and her players. And they're playing at a high level. They're getting these opportunities to be seen by USA Rugby. Really cool stuff. Definitely we'll be having her on again and again because, I don't know, you and I women's, they're, they're going to keep winning. She's got great things set in motion and, you know, hats off to her. Keep it rolling. And so speaking of keeping things rolling, the Iowa 7 series finished up this past weekend in Davenport for the Quad City Bix 7s tournament. Unfortunately, the Wombats, we were not able to send a team due to the University of Northern Iowa Alumni Weekend, a couple of injuries, a wedding, uh, a couple of other just things, life things. Uh, we didn't have the bodies to go. So unfortunately, we did not have a team that went that way. But it looked like it was a great day. Great to have Rugby Sevens back at the Bix, back in Davenport. The Palmer men's and women's teams both got first place. And then it looked like the Des Moines men's and women's teams both got second place. So it looked like it was a great day rugby. That's going to mean that Des Moines rugby more than likely, I mean, they got first place or yeah, first place in the Capital City Sevens. They got second place behind the University of Illinois, who only competed once at the Iowa City Sevens block party. And then they got second place to Palmer, who only competed at the Bix. So second, first, second. And the teams that beat them out were teams that only competed in one. So pretty sure Des Moines ended up winning the Iowa Summer Sevens Series. So congratulations to those guys. And yeah, it was a short season, three weekends. Hopefully we see more uh, commitment next year out of teams. And, and again, as the Wombats, you know, we didn't put a team in that last one. So hopefully each team, we've been seeing some great things in the state of Iowa for rugby. The Iowa Summer 7 Series has always been a great event. This year, it felt like it was a little, a little less than years past, just less number of participants, less number of events. Hopefully we can raise that number for next year. Seems like summer kind of snuck up on us a little bit, and not everybody was prepared for it. It happens, you know? But we're rolling into that 15 season, and nothing says 15 season is coming quite like the Irish Fest 7s and 10s tournament in Waterloo, hosted by the Bremer County Bucks. So Irish Fest is going to be Saturday, August 6th. It's actually a festival in Waterloo. It I think is from Thursday to Sunday, or it might even go all week. Not 100% sure. But this is the largest Iowa, or this is the largest Irish festival in the state of Iowa. And at this festival, there is a rugby tournament, and it's always a great time. Phil was talking about it last time. Uh, Casey Hansen has let us know that there's three teams from out of state for the high school boys. There's two more high school girls teams and multiple from out of state and then other high school girls teams that are signing up. We've got men's teams. We've got divisions for high school boys sevens, high school girls sevens, men's tens, men's sevens, women's tens, and women's sevens. 
So there's six different brackets, men's, women's, high schools, only sevens, and men's and women's can do tens or sevens. So that's a great way to start the season. It's a great event. When I played for Bremer County, it was always a blast. You, We played at the Cedar Valley Soccer Complex. And then once you're done with the tournament, you go to the Irish Festival. And again, we'd have to get this information from Casey, but in years past, if you played in the tournament, you got into the festival for free. They have music. They have Irish Festival games. They have food. They have beer. They have all sorts of events. And it grows every single year. It's a it's an event you can take your family to. It's an event you can get a little crazy at. And yeah, I, I've always had a blast going there. And I think you should sign up. So if you have a high school team or if you have a senior side team, men's or women's, get signed up. It's the best preseason tournament you can get to, right? It's not a part of the Iowa 7 series. It goes kind of as a kind of tune up for the fall. So definitely get on out there. You will not be disappointed. Uh, go to uh, Bremer County has shared the link. Uh, Casey Hansen has shared the link. Or you can go to eventbrite.com and search for the 2022 Rugby Invitational Iowa Irish Fest. So make sure you get there. It'll be an awesome time. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Phil and I, we were talking about it on the car ride up to Alumni Weekend for this past weekend. We were kind of talking about the podcast, and we just want to say thank you, everybody, who's followed along on this and given us a chance. Our goal with this, we had no idea what to expect. Uh, Phil brought the idea up, thought, hey, it'd be fun. Let's talk about rugby. I tried to spin it into maybe we can find a sponsor and, and make money so it's not just whatever. And, you know, just we appreciate everybody who's had fun with us. Uh, our goal is always to grow the game of rugby. And we felt that kind of connecting stories, connecting people and showing people what other people in the state are doing would, would help in a small way. And, and we just appreciate the feedback and, and the support. And if there's something you want to hear or there's something you think that could be done better, we would love to hear it because we enjoy these conversations with all these different people. And we want to make sure that you know, you're getting something out of it too. So um, again, thank you everyone for the support. Thank you for the people that rated it on uh, Spotify. That does mean a lot. Again, reach out to Rotor Epoxy if you need some of your floors done. And if you really love what we're doing, you could always uh, donate to our Venmo at WDM-Wombats. Uh, all the money we make from this program goes directly to our men's club. And with our men's club, our goal is to create a youth camp. We were unable to do it this past summer uh, due to lack of funding. We're working on sponsors. We're working on partnerships. And so, yeah, that's the thing. We, Phil and I and Javi, we do not get anything from this other than it's fun. And if we do get something, it goes directly to our club so we can continue to grow the game. So, yeah, just a little... A little from the heart there, a little transparency. So thanks, everybody. We appreciate it, and you guys have a good one. We'll see you on Friday. Like I said, Phil will be back. We'll talk about some of our shenanigans from Cedar Falls. Probably not a lot, though, because, yeah, you'll, yeah. We'll see you Friday.